right, good morning, Bray family. Doing well? Good morning. Hey, we're getting better at that. It's so good, yeah. You realize that I like to hear back from you. Sometimes it's good, yeah. Hey, good morning. So glad you're here. If you have your sermon notes, you can pull those out. We're starting a new series today called The Jesus I Never Knew. And uh, super pumped, super excited about this sermon talk today that felt like God gave me. The title of the message is The Spirit of Jesus. And I want to begin today uh, with an illustration that I saw. And I thought it was phenomenal. You might have seen it, but uh, I want to share it with you. And so I thought it'd be better in person than just showing you the video. But here I have uh, well, my wife's work gloves, but it fits my hand somehow. Because it happens when you're 5'7 on your best day. Uh, so, but I have this work glove, and of course it's designed to do work. And so, uh, I, I think about this work glove and I say, man, if I just tell the work glove to do work, then the work glove should do work. So I thought we'd try it out. So work, glove, work. Okay, I know, it's not gonna do anything, I understand. So maybe the reason why this work glove won't do the work is because the work glove doesn't know the Bible good enough. So if I tell the work glove, you know what your problem is? You don't know the Bible enough. So take your little fingers and take your thumbs and start going through the word of God. Come on, work glove. I know. Now bear with me. This will come together in a minute, okay? I know what the problem is. The problem is it's a discipleship issue. He's just not being discipled enough. So not only does he not know the word of God, but he's not being discipled. So maybe I should give him some inspiration and encouragement. Have a little one-on-one time. Okay, you know, you're a great glove, and God loves you, and he has a purpose for your life. So, come on, you can do it. Work. It doesn't work. So I know what the real problem is. The problem is, he needs some more fellowship in his life. Right? So we'll add some other gloves to the mix. And maybe if he gets around some other gloves, and we'll have a little diversity, multicultural church, you know, going on. Maybe he'll finally begin to do what he's called to do. So come on, work love. You get the point yet? Okay, you don't. That's okay. I think this is how we treat people sometimes. What's missing? A living hand. And now, since it's filled, it can do what it was created to do. And this is where the Holy Spirit comes in. It's one of the best illustrations I've ever seen on the Holy Spirit. It's so simple. So many Christians operate like this trying to sift through the scriptures, trying to do what they're called to do, trying to get around groups, try to get around Bible studies, try to get around discipleship, and yet miss out on fulfilling and accomplishing God's purpose for their life. Why? 
because they're not filled with the Spirit of God. We need the Spirit of God inside of us to operate through us in order to accomplish everything God calls us to do because we do not have that strength on our own. How many of you have ever done something you shouldn't have done? Okay. You knew the right thing to do, and you still didn't do it. How many of you have ever been in that situation in your life? Yesterday, raise your hand. Okay. So we need this spirit to fill us in order to help us operate our lives as followers of Jesus. We cannot do it without him. So I want to talk to you about the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Jesus. Amen? All right. So if you have a Bible, if you have your phone, if you want to follow along there, you can. I'm going to go to Acts 5 first, and then I'm also going to read from the book of John. So you can go to John 14, or Acts chapter 5. In John 14, as you turn there, I'm going to go to that one in just a minute. But in John 14, Jesus is in the upper room having a Passover meal. And a lot of the teaching in John 14 that I'm going to give you is from the place of the Passover meal where he's talking to his disciples. But I want to read to you Acts 5 first, because that's going to set the whole thing up. Okay? So Acts 5, verse 3, and John 14. 16 through 17. All right, let's go to Acts 5, and then we'll go to John 14, what Jesus said in the upper room. Acts 5 says this, but Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart, and this is what I want you to see, to lie to the Holy Spirit and keep back part of the price of the land for yourself? This is one of the sins that he commits. And he lies to who? The Holy Spirit. While it remained was it not your own? And after it was sold, was it not in your own control? Why have you conceived this thing in your heart? Now watch this. You have not lied to men, but to God. So you lied to the Holy Spirit. You lied to God. This is important to understand. Key truth, write this in your sermon notes if, you, if it's not already written there for you, at the very top somewhere. The Holy Spirit is God. Okay? That's very important for us to understand. The Holy Spirit is God. Therefore, how we treat him, the Holy Spirit, and his word is how we treat God. Now, the reason I want to start there is because so many people are afraid of the Holy Spirit. Or really, what you should say is you're afraid of people who are filled with the Holy Spirit because sometimes people who claim to be filled with the Holy Spirit are really weird people. Raise your hand right now, confession in church, if you know and you feel what I'm talking about. You're like, Holy Spirit, that gets weird. Are you a spirit-filled church? Okay, don't want to go there because you have a thought in your head of what that looks like. Okay, so we can get fearful of the Holy Spirit when, just want you to see this, then you're fearing God. Okay, so the Holy Spirit is God. Okay, they are three in one. All right. Keep that in mind. 
Now let's go to John 14. Jesus is in an upper room. He's talking with his followers and he says this. And I will ask the Father. He's talking to the Father. Watch this. Here we go. Wait. He said, and I. Everybody say I. So who's Jesus referring to? Himself. So you have Jesus and you have the Father. Now watch what he says. And he, the Father, will give you another advocate. Holy Spirit. There's three in one right there in one sentence. Okay. To help you and be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be. In you. Yes? It'll be in you. Okay, that's Jesus' words. The problem with most people or believers with this whole talk about Holy Spirit, when it comes to the Holy Spirit, is they don't know how to use him properly. Or they make him out to be weird. I heard it this week. My wife repeated it. I said it many, many years ago. I might have heard it been said probably over a decade ago. And when people ask me, do I believe in the power of the Holy Spirit or what's my view of the Holy Spirit and the gifts, I know what they're really talking about, and we all do. Let's just say, okay, what, are we all, what, are they all, what, are they, what is the question about the Holy Spirit that most people have? Speaking in tongues. Look, see, you do it because you have all, you, same question, right? And so here's what happens. The church gets so riled up about speaking in tongues that we don't even talk about the Holy Spirit, because we have equated him to one gift. Talk about attack of an enemy on the church. Anyways, so let me just clarify this for you when it comes to the Holy Spirit. I want you to write this somewhere so you never forget it if you need to. The Holy Spirit is not weird. The Holy Spirit is not weird. God is not weird because the Holy Spirit is God, so God's not weird. Amen? Okay. So now I want you to write this. Write this down, okay? The Holy Spirit is not weird. Some of you need to repent. Repent is to change the way you think about the Holy Spirit. So repent right now. Repent. See, the Holy Spirit is not weird. People are weird. Any of you ever met some really weird people? Weird. There are some weird people in churches. Some of you, never mind. Okay? All right. Okay? All right. So the Holy Spirit isn't weird. Repent, change what you think about the Holy Spirit. That's my hope in this sermon. My hope and prayer is that all of you would be filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay, we're not afraid because he is God. All right, so who is he? Two names of the Holy Spirit. Who is he? This is the first question I want to answer. Who is he? Okay, two names of the Holy Spirit. All right, we see it in the text a minute ago. Advocate. Depending on the translation, you'll get comforter or helper. Okay, now, in English, we say this Greek word parakletos, which I know is the English way of saying it. 
I'm not going to try to attempt it in the Greek way. I'll just keep it the English way, parakletos or, or uh, pletos. Okay, I don't know, but it's close enough. It means to come alongside. Think about a paragraph. Para, to come alongside. Sentences coming alongside one another to form a graph, paragraph. Coming alongside. Okay? Think about a parable. What is a parable? Jesus spoke in parables. Okay? It is a story coming alongside a spiritual truth. So God, Jesus uses stories to teach a spiritual truth. It's coming alongside. Okay, so the Spirit of God comes alongside of us. And if you ever look up the comfort word, okay, the word comfort comes from two Latin words, means with strength. So the comfort of the Holy Spirit strengthens us to keep going and walking in the Christian faith. Comes alongside, okay? Second, the, the who is he, or the word we get there in the top, we see this, that he was called in verse 17, the spirit of truth. He's the spirit of truth. Look at this. The soul of the one who is truth. So the spirit of Jesus, we'll call this, okay? He is truth internally. That's why Jesus could say, I am the truth. I'm filled with truth. And this truth is the spirit of truth. The soul of the one who is truth, Jesus. This is his this inner being, truth. Okay. That's who he is. Next question. What does he do? I'm going to give you four things that he does. Okay. Number one, he speaks to us. Okay. He speaks to us. Let me show it to you. So let's just get this out of our way. Hearing God speak is not weird. Let's be a church that's okay with hearing God speak. Amen? Okay. All right. Look at this, John 16. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. So he guides you. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears and what... And he will tell you what is yet to come. All right, he will speak. Watch. He will glorify me. So whenever he speaks, it's to glorify the Father. It will always be to glorify him. Because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. This is why I said the Spirit will, the Spirit will receive, uh, this is, that is why I said the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. Okay, give me an example of this. Okay? You read the Word of God. You read the Bible. You go through it. And all of a sudden, a verse just leaps out at you and speaks to you in the moment for some reason. Raise your hand if that's ever happened. Okay. Holy Spirit. Last night, I told my family, sitting around the table, I said, Galatians 2.20, we were at breakfast. And I said, I want you to just, Galatians 2.20, I've been crucified with Christ. Jesus is no longer I who live in the flesh, but the Christ who lives in me. In the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith through the Son of God, who loved me and delivered himself from me, Galatians 2.20. And then I repeated it back over and over again. And then I said, I want you to tell me what part of that stood out to you. And each of my children and my wife 
each heard a different part that just leaped at us. Holy Spirit. Okay? He makes known to you what it is that he wants you to grab a hold of. He will also convict us, not make us feel guilty, but speak to us about something we need to do or accomplish, maybe. All different kinds of ways. I can't get, can't get too caught up in this. Probably talk about more of this next week, but he, he speaks to us, and I just want you to know that. He speaks to us. Number two, he empowers us. Acts 1.8, but you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Okay? Power. Power simply means strength or ability. So the Holy Spirit empowers us to do whatever God wills for us. Do you see this? The Holy Spirit will empower us to do whatever God wills for us. So if God wills it for you, his spirit empowers you to do it. One of the reasons why you have, may have a hard time or I could have a hard time fulfilling and accomplishing what God wants us to do is because we haven't allowed him to fill us, to operate through us in order to accomplish God's will for our life. That's the role of the Holy Spirit. He empowers you. Okay. If the Lord wants to use you Let's just say, to heal someone, can he? Well, you tell me, can he? Well, see, biblically, you might say, well, yeah, the Bible says he can do anything he wants. He's God, sure. And see, that's not what I'm saying. I'm asking you, have you made yourself available? See, some of you are like, well, no, because that would be weird. And, and God doesn't use people to heal people. Like, that's weird. See, now you're pulling yourself, I don't want to be filled. I'm not available. You catch what I'm saying to you? See, he's, if he wants to do something through you, he's, he's got to be allowed to come in and work through you. But we can grieve him. Watch this. We can't kick him out. I'll talk about that in just a minute. You can't kick him out. But you can grieve him by saying no to him. I want you to go give to that person. Yep, I want you to write that amount. Yep. And then we go, no, Lord, that can't be you. <laughs> okay, watch. I want you to allow me to fill you with generosity. Come on. I'm trying to fill you with generosity. So come on. That's what I said. I want you to give that amount. Yep. Wow, Lord. I mean, let's back off just a little bit. I don't, I just, yeah. You see? Okay, he empowers you to do his will. You understand? All right. He empowers us. I don't have time to go through it. Spiritual gifts. You all have them. We have them but you may not be allowing him to use you in that way. Did you know that? Generosity is a gift. But you, say, you might say, no, 
I don't want to operate in that way, but I will greet people. That's a little easier, you know? But he's wanting to use you in giving. You see? So we stifle the Holy Spirit. We grieve him because we're not allowing him to fully function through us. That's why the average church, Christian goer church in America, 20% of the church carries 80% of the giving. That's a true standard in American churches. That means if you have 100 people, 20 of them, 20 of the families are providing 80% of the cost. Which also says that 80% of the people in a common today church in America, give 20% of the budget. You know what's happening? You're grieving the Holy Spirit because you're not allowing him to do everything he wants through you. You understand? Okay. All right. Number three, he guides us. Galatians 5.22 says this, but the fruit, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbiddance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. How many of you have as a spouse or you have a friend or a boss who could use one of those? Raise your hand. I'm waiting until every hand goes up. <laughs> Raise your hand. I'm not kidding. I want to see every hand. Come on. Do I need to read them again to you? Put them up high, okay? Don't be ashamed. If your spouse is next to you, raise your hand higher. How many of you would love to have a spouse who has a little more joy, a little more patience? Come on, I'm starting arguments right now, forbiddance, kindness, goodness, okay? All right, amen. Gentleness, self-control, okay. Against such things, there is no law. Those who, I have a feeling somebody's going to lunch today. What did you mean? Were you serious about that or... Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Now watch what he writes. So we live by the Spirit and keep in step with the Spirit. I want you to know he guides us. How does he guide us? With his voice. My sheep will know my voice. Okay, so I guide you with my voice. And I tell you where to step. Don't take that, don't buy that, don't purchase that, don't go there, don't take that, let that one go. Yes, that, hold on, not yet, right? Okay, we go in step, he guides us. The spirit of truth, write this down, key truth, the spirit of truth uses the word of truth to lead us into the will of God. So he uses the word of truth, that's why it's important to read this, to know this, because he uses this to guide us. And if it's someone else telling us It'll be in agreement with this. Yes? It'll be in agreement with God's word because God cannot lie. It's the spirit of truth. So if somebody tells you what God is saying, it will align to this too. Okay? So the word of truth, that's how he guides us. That's why we need to read this every day. A lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path. It guides us. Cannot operate as a Christian without it. Why? because it guides you. You don't get an A in heaven or a B. Some of you are, you know, you, God's not giving out grades. 
This is a manual to guide you each day. Okay? When we don't pick it up, you don't make him mad to grieve him because he's trying to give you an instruction. And you're saying, no thanks. Okay. This is good preaching. <laughs> if David incurred himself in the Lord, I can too. Okay. He prays for us. He prays for us. The pat on the back was, I need to be more humble. Thank you, Jesus. He prays for us. Okay, Romans 8, 26. In the same way the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses, we do not know what we ought to pray for. How many of you ever thought about praying, but you didn't know how to start? Come on. Everybody's in the room. Come on. Everybody's done it. Okay. You don't even know where to begin. Father, Son, God, who do I talk to? I'm just going to, anybody ever done that? And then you just cover them all. Father, Jesus, and Holy Spirit. I have good news for you. You could say any one of them is the same person. He is not offended. Do I call you dad? Do I call you Jesus? Do I call you, uh, any one of them works. Sounds good. Okay. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with God's will. That's right, the will of God. His Spirit is in agreement with the Father because they're one. So he prays for us. And when we know, it says, and we know, we love to quote this one, and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. So the Spirit will help you pray. A moment ago, today, not gonna throw names out, I asked somebody to pray. And I've done this before with some of you, and I've said, hey, I want you to pray. And the Holy Spirit told me, get that person to pray. Now, I've called on some of you before. That's my job, to make disciples of all the nations, baptizing the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So I say, hey, God wants you to pray, pray. And one, many times, one of the first things people do is go, not, not me, not me. <laughs> what am I going to say? Right? You ever been there before? Oh, I don't, how many of you don't pray out loud? You, I don't pray out loud. Don't, don't call me up. All right, come here. No, okay. <laughs> See? No, 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 I'm not praying out loud. Not today. Now watch, now watch this. See, now I'm encouraging you in the Lord. I'm not rebuking you, I'm not rebuking you, but I'm encouraging you. I'm being serious. It's the lie from hell. Not you. Don't open your mouth. Now, in this prayer time, and that's encouraging, let that be encouragement, let that be encouragement. Because I know many of us have been there. We've all been there, because we feel it's competition. But what if I say the wrong thing and somebody else they pray and it's like heaven is coming down I pray and I'm like Jesus help me and that's all I got and somehow we have thought what Matthew 6 says don't pray like the hypocrites in the synagogues where everybody can hear you this is not a competition just come to me like a little child Jesus I need you okay the spirit goes to work in here Wordless. It's the most powerful prayers you ever pray are the words that never come out of your mouth. They're right here. But the enemy says, shh, 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 shh. don't tell somebody because if they hear you, the Holy Spirit is going to start doing some heart surgery on somebody around you. So just keep quiet. 
We all, we have all been there. Yes, we have. Yeah. So this morning I said, hey, I want you to pray. Right? In the back somewhere, I don't know where he is. Raise your hand. Where are you? I come in that area. Okay. I said, I want you to pray. He's like, oh, no, not me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We all encouraged him. Kendra came around, put his arm out. Here we go. I'm going to pray. And I heard the tears in your heart. And he prayed for all of you today out loud. And I could hear the sincerity. Father, I remember, thank you for dying on the cross for our sins. Those were his first words. Thank you for dying on the cross for our sins. Jesus. And he kept, and what's funny is, he kept praying. And then he kept praying. And then he wouldn't shut up. He just kept praying. <laughs> but it's amazing what will happen if you just allow the Holy Spirit to go to work. Amen? He will give you the words to say, do you trust him? See? All right. Amen. Key truth. God's two purposes are always for our good and his glory. That's what Romans 8, 28 just said. God's purposes, two purposes, are, are for his good and his glory. Okay? All right. Whatever trial, we may not understand it, but God is going to work it out for, his, for our good. He always cares about our good and his glory. All right, how does he do it? Okay. How does he do it? 1 Corinthians 6, 19. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you? So who's he talking to? He's talking to people who are believers in Christ, okay? All right. He's in you, whom you have received from God. You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies, okay? Write this in. The Holy Spirit, how does he do it? He works through us and in us. The Holy Spirit, God, has elected to work through humanity, that's a whole nother teaching why he did that. But just know that he uses people to do his work. He doesn't need you. He's chosen you. So he has invited you in to do his work. To Israel, to be a royal priesthood. To show the nations around you my kingdom and how I operate and how I love and I'm using you to do that. Okay. He works in us and through us. Example of that. He speaks through us. As I just talked about a minute ago. Praying for someone. A Bible verse comes to mind. And you tell them. And they're like, I just read that. Okay. Send a text to someone. A text message, you know? You feel like the Holy Spirit's telling you to send a text message? Encouragement or something or a Bible verse? And they say, you have no idea how perfect timing that was. How did that happen? That's how the Holy Spirit works. A few months ago, when I was preparing the sermon, I didn't know if you were going to be here today. And I had thought about you. So here you are. And uh, this is Damon. reads our men's ministry. And we were at a leadership uh, gathering a couple months back. Remember that? 
We were in the office room. And we were talking before the meeting, Shelly and I. That's her fault, not mine. And uh, no, we had talked a little bit before, and we said that we were going to give room for the Holy Spirit to speak through us if he felt like he had a word for somebody, right? So this is how it happens, real practical. So we eat some meal, we're talking in our leadership meeting, and we gave room for the Holy Spirit to do this. That's all we did. Lord, do you want to say something? I'm here. I'm willing. So, do you remember this? So then, I turned to Damon and I said, you know, the Holy Spirit wants me to tell you something. I feel like he just wants me to tell you something. And I told you. And don't remember exactly what I said. You might. But when I said it to you, and I hope this doesn't embarrass you, but I love you and I know that you'll text me later if this does embarrass you. And we'll still be friends. Um, I know. But you started to Tears start going down your face in a room full of people. Is that true? Yeah? Because something I said must have hit here. How did I do that? Just the Holy Spirit. It's not me. How many of you have ever been up, I'm preaching a sermon, or Don or somebody else, preaching a sermon, Andrews is singing a song, and I'm like, oh, that was for me. Raise your hand. You ever had that happen? Raise your hand. I'm going to see you. Okay. You felt like, gosh, he's talking to me. That was, I just read that. Did he read my journal? And I have told you this before. The answer is yes. We, <laughs> we have the insane spies. We actually know where you live. They sneak in your house at night. We get your phone. I mean, we get all the data. We have a whole social media team dedicated to your social media following. And then they tell me every single Sunday, and then we watch you walk in. That's why I'm outside, not to really greet you, to find out who's here to who I'm going to talk about. And it's all in my notes right here. You, you know, how, how do you think that happens? Holy Spirit. Okay. Vanessa, George, in the back, raise your hand high. Are you ready for this? Holy Spirit told me to tell you something today. This is true. You ready? Okay. I was this close texting you, George, this morning, and the Lord wanted me to tell you, get to church today. I was this close, and I agreed the Holy Spirit because I went, I don't want to bother him. Every Sunday, I put on these shoes because you bought me these shoes, right? Yes? So everybody knows? Say yes. Okay. Well, I don't want anybody to hear it because they see these colorful shoes. They're like, how does this pastor? Well, they bought it for me. It It was a gift. And every time I put my Sunday shoes on, I think of the two of you and I pray for the two of you. And it happened today. And he loves you both. And he's glad you're here. Holy Spirit. That's all. That's not a beat up. That's a lift up, by the way. They just had a brand new baby and life is hectic, I know. But he loves the two of you. I want you all to know that. Amen? Holy Spirit. God allow the Holy Spirit to work through you. Amen? All right. So, how do I receive the Holy Spirit? Last couple thoughts. John 3, John answered, very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to the flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from, where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. So you see, 
This is born again and born of the Spirit. Let me just tell you, we receive the Holy Spirit when we simply receive the Lord Jesus into our lives because we receive Jesus, we receive his Spirit inside of us. It happens the moment you confess him as your Lord and Savior. You receive the Spirit. Okay, that's important to understand. It does not have to come through the laying on of hands. It comes the moment you receive Christ as your Savior, you receive that spirit inside of you. He does not leave you or abandon you. John 14, 16 through 18, Jesus said, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you, to be with you forever. So you get him. The moment you get Christ in your heart, you get him, all of him. The spirit of truth, yep, he's in you. The world can't accept him. Why? Because not believers. Okay? But you can if you're a believer. Because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him. You do know him. Because you've given your life to him. And then it says, for he lives with you and will be in you. Verse 18, I love this. I will not leave you as orphans. You're not spiritless, fatherless. You have my spirit in you, and I will come to you. He does not leave us or abandon us. So what does it mean to receive then? The word receive means to acquire. It means to take or to receive what has been offered. I can say I have somebody living in my house without receiving them into my house. I heard of a story of a man who had a mother-in-law living with him. She was living there but he didn't like it much. Then one day the Lord showed him, that is what you've done to me. I live in you, or with you, but you haven't received me yet. God wants every believer, write this down, to be filled with his spirit. So you receive him at salvation. He could be in you, but you haven't welcomed him to the house. You grudgingly keep him locked in the basement. You haven't received him to take what's been offered. So what does it mean to be filled with the Holy Spirit? It means falling down, screaming like a young child, making noises. No. It means being warm all over your body and shaking profusely. That's what it means to be filled. So we're all going to get filled right now. No. What does it mean to be filled with the Spirit? All right, we're gonna use the word of God. Ephesians 5, 15 through 20. Be very careful then how you live, not as wise, but as wise. So circle the word wise. Making the most of every opportunity. You can circle that one too, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish. You can circle that if you want. You understand what the Lord's will is. You don't get drunk on wine, he says, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. So just go read the verse 15, 16, and 17, and you'll see what it means to be filled with the Spirit. How many of you want to be wise? And don't be foolish. Okay? Then walk in step with the Spirit. When you're filled with the Spirit, you walk with wisdom. You don't get drunk on wine. You get filled with the Holy Spirit. That doesn't mean you act drunk. I've heard that before. Literally, I've heard that. I'm not kidding. 
So let's all act like we're drunk. That means we're filled. <laughs> no, it just means you look stupid. That's what that means. Do you understand? To be filled with the Spirit is to walk with God's wisdom in you, going through you, and you giving knowledge of God's Word to operate through your life. Now I'm flowing in His Spirit. Why would you ever want to stifle that? No. All right? It says, speaking to one another with psalms and hymns and songs of the Spirit, we speak to one another with God's Word out of our mouths. How much world would the world be a better place if everybody just allowed the Holy Spirit to, fu- to fully function through them? We'd be singing songs and hymns and spiritual songs to one another. Think about the life on the tongue that would come out of the Spirit. Don't stifle the Spirit. Allow the Holy Spirit to fully function through your life. You know what will happen? God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son. Whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. The Lord loves you. I've been crucified with Christ Jesus. I know I who live in the flesh, but now live in the life and the spirit. My wife, I no longer live by the flesh. I live through the faith and the Son of God who offered himself and lived himself for me. You know the Lord loves you. You understand? Be still and know that I'm God. Psalm 46, we just read it today. Be still and know that I'm God. When some, one of your friends is in a heart, be still and know that I'm God. God has a word for you. Philippians 2.13. It's Christ that works in us. Ephesians 2, 8, you know, saved by grace, not through faith. It is not, I'm not up here trying to show you, look at me, how much scripture I memorize. No. I'm telling you what happens when you give room for the Holy Spirit to work through you. You see? Songs to spiritual songs to one another. And it says, verse 20, always giving thanks to God the Father, to everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. To be filled with the Spirit, write this down, is to be controlled by the Word of God. All right, so band, come to the stage. I invite you up. To be filled with the Spirit is to be controlled by the Word of God. It's to be controlled by the Word of God. I want you to forever see the filling of God's Spirit being controlled by the Word of God. The Word of God controls my life. He has full authority on my life. That's what it means to be filled with the Spirit. He has full authority, and and I'm the master of, I'm the slave to this. This is my master. That's what it means to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Question. Have you welcomed the Holy Spirit into your life? Have you welcomed him? See, you have him if you're a believer in Christ, right? If you're a believer in Christ, you you have him, but have you received him? To receive him, to take what he has offered you, his strength, his ability to come alongside of you, and then he empowers you with this to do whatever he wills for your life. Have you welcomed him? And many times we allow the world and different weird people to help us or to somehow get us to think that this whole thing is weird. Today, I just want to invite you to do something. Welcome him. For many of you, he's in you. You have him. He's in your house. He's in your body. He's in you. Welcome him. Allow him to go to work in the way that he wants to go to work. So here's what I'm going to invite you to do. I want to invite some prayer team down front. Okay, you can come forward. You're going to pray for some people. We're going to have some people up here ready to pray for you and pray with you. On your sermon notes, every single week, there's a question at the end. Look at your sermon notes. It's, on the very, it's at the very end every single time. And it's, it's actually meant to be read. <laughs> okay. What is the Holy Spirit speaking to you? What's my next brave step? The reason I put that question there 
It's been there for a long time, as long as I can remember, a year or two or so, more and more. I always, every sermon I preach to you, I want you to think about that question. What is the Holy Spirit speaking to me right now? Could be a couple of things. One, I haven't received God as my Savior. I just want to come to know the Lord. That's your first step. And when you do, you receive the Spirit. And He will help you and He will guide you. And he will be your comforter. And He will lead you to peace. And so today, maybe that's you. You can come forward and get prayed with. Maybe you're a believer and He has lived in you for 10 years, but you've never welcomed Him because you've allowed all the weirdness to suppress Him and you've grieved Him. And today is a day of repentance. I just want to change the way I think about the Holy Spirit. I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. In other words, I want the Holy Spirit to do whatever he wants in my life. What does it mean to be filled with the Spirit? To be controlled by his word. I want to do whatever the Lord calls me to do. I empty myself. I say yes. If any of the things I just mentioned, or you just know that the Holy Spirit's calling you to get prayed with, think about something else. Could be a marriage, could be a sickness, could be anything. The Holy Spirit, though, is saying, go. Go get prayed for. Go. Just allow him to do this. You never know what one of these people might say to you today. You're like, God, that's exactly what I needed to hear. But the enemy do all he can to be like, don't, don't allow that to happen. People can think you're weird going up in front of people in church and getting prayed for. Really? That's weird. Jesus said, my house will be called the house of prayer. Don't leave church without getting prayed with if you need prayer. We want to be here to pray with you. So I'll stand to our feet. You want prayer today? We'll be right here down front. We're going to sing about three minutes of a song, and then we're going to let all of you go. And I encourage you all right now, pray with me. Just Jesus, we press in. We want to be filled with your spirit. If you want somebody to pray with you right now, just come forward, get prayed with. Lord, fill us. We want to be controlled by your word. So we give you our lives today. If you want to give him your life today, you just come forward, just tell one of us, and we'll pray with you, give you a Bible, help you understand what it means to follow Jesus. Whatever it is, the Holy Spirit tells you to move forward. You just come forward now in Jesus' name. Amen.